0: live from Washington, D.C., it's Quintessential Listening, Poetry Online Radio.
1: Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program. Tonight, poet Alden Wallace McKay and illustrator Abby Taylor are my special guests. These two artists will share their insights, unique experiences, and best practices for collaborating. So without
0: further ado, I give you Alden and Abby.
1: All right. Hello, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Thank you so much for having me and Abby on the podcast. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, we're excited to talk to you today about our first novel um a book of poetry called endless nights it has some pretty cool poems and drawings and yeah it's a project that we worked on together over the year and um i think it turned out pretty good so what's your name my name is abby taylor
1: my name is alden wallace Mackay. where are you from I am from Vancouver, BC. Where are you from?
0: Oh, no way. Me too. I grew up in North Van, and um, a lot of my drawings are inspired by the uh, the scenery around North Van and um, people I've met. So, yeah. Um, That's
1: beautiful. Can yeah. I ask you a few questions? Uh, please. What is a drawing?
0: A drawing is something that I make with usually but sometimes pencil. Um, A drawing can be like a representation of something that you see or something that's in your mind and it can look accurate or it can be more abstract. Um, There can be different weights of lines and um, different colors. But, I mean, for me personally, I I like to use a lot of ink. I I usually don't use color. Um, And, yeah, I usually like to draw, like, things for my everyday. Um, What is a poem?
1: A poem? I think a lot of people call, you know, a lot of things a poem. But a literary poem? I don't think it has a definition. I think it's... I mean, if you're talking about a conventional literary poem with words, I think it's just any string of words, any amount of words uh, sung or written, uh, communicated. I don't know. I think it's that's the beautiful thing about it that there isn't a definition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, why are drawings important?
0: I think drawings are important um as a medium to express yourself and um, convey an idea. I think they're important because they're different than a photograph. They can capture a feeling in a different way and um, yeah, just convey cool messages, make people feel uh, certain ways. And I think that's important. Uh, Why is poetry important, Alden? (laughs) Uh,
1: I think uh, I think poetry is important because Well speaking from My experience I've I feel like it's uh, Something that's beautiful about poems Or poetry is that You can read Works from authors anywhere In the world of any age Of any identity And it can help I think it's comforting to know that if you read the way someone expresses themselves, that you're not the only person that feels that way, mm-hmm. and if you read old literature, you know a couple hundred, couple thousand years old, I think it's a l- even more comforting when you find out that people have been feeling a certain way for that long. That it's just something that's recurring, and I think that stories, narratives. I mean, we're talking about poems, but I think poems like old literature is just poetry. New literature is poetry too, if you call it, you know, certain novels can just be long poems. People look to parables for help out of certain situations that they're in, emotional, mental. Um, I feel like scripture is poetry, you know, and that's a lot of people use that for comfort, for guidelines on how to live their life. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's brings people together, I think.
0: Super nice.
1: Okay, Abby, what was an experience where you learned that uh, artistic language had power? I guess uh, that could be where drawings had power.
0: Where drawings had power? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh... Well, I mean, I think my whole life I kind of like had that feeling that they had power and um, like I think trying to um, draw things that I I saw in my head and like struggling with it sometimes, but like when I'd be able to, it'd it'd feel pretty powerful. I'd say just another quick example would be uh, going to the Museum of Modern Art for the first time and just seeing these grand scale drawings and paintings and um, just feeling so in awe of these talented artists and feeling so inspired. That was powerful. What was an experience where you learned that poetic language had power
1: probably when i first started reading or really getting into reading was a book i read by cormac mccarthy called no country for old men It's a common book i mean it's it's, it's popular but i think before then i don't know i must have been like 13 or something when i read it or younger or maybe older i don't know wow. I can't remember when I read it. But I remember before I read it, it was I just thought books were for nerds or like you know, it's like Shakespeare or Harry Potter. You know, I didn't
0: That was my favorite book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Damn, my bad, my bad. It's
0: okay. I'm a bit of a nerd.
1: But yeah, that book is I mean, whatever, not for anyone, but it's it 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 was moving to me and I, I remember reading it and feeling like I didn't know a book could be like that. Mm-hmm. I thought books had to be just you know it's like if you the first time you heard a song that wasn't on the radio you know kind of like not mainstream not popular
0: what was uh what was so special about this book
1: Uh, i liked that you know as i was saying earlier i think a book can be like a long poem and a lot of a lot of uh older books were just long poems but it it just the way it was structured and the language that there was no there's no uh, quotation marks or very little uh you know he he said or Mm. so and so said
0: just writing and
1: very dense language very very economic with word choice not really holding your hand Mm. and the bad guys win at the end which i love Mm -hmm. yeah
0: that was cool
1: i always love when bad guys win at the end okay uh, we're going to take a brief pause to read some poems from our book called Endless Nights.
0: So I'm going to start with a poem that's called This Hasn't Been Fun for a While Now. Kind of like being in the steam room of your local rec center for far too long. Dumping sweat like a zombie with nothing at all in your mind. Strangers on the bench next to you clouded, faceless, masters of moderation. They come and go often. You don't care to know any of them. Even though you know it's what needs to be done, even though you know that this is not something that somebody else can do for you, you still can't stand up and go dunk in that cold pool, no matter how great a feeling you know it will be. Meanwhile, time bleeds on, and no one is waiting for you to make up your mind.
1: Okay, I'm gonna read a poem called Hell. (laughs) At Christmas time, standing behind the till with a scanner in my hand, I've seen the onslaught of strangers holding flat screens and Lego, throwing fists over discounts, elbows abound, spit flying from accusations, and a look in their eyes like a hunger I've never known I've been face-to-face with furious mouth-breathers who I'm still not sure even existed. So now, when asked, I say, sure, I believe in hell. Why not?
0: Beautiful. <laughs> so, Alden, all great writers have great writing influences. Who are some of yours? And what makes them great, in your eyes?
1: Um, I think... My biggest influence is probably Tich Nhat Hanh. As I was saying earlier, I feel like I consider scripture to be poetry. And maybe, you know, they're not pieces of poetry in a conventional sense. It's like, it's philosophy, but I consider it poetic in the way it's beautifully written and also in the subject matter, what, he, what he's speaking on. I think that's really helped me not only in writing, but just day to day philosophy. Just kind of being mindful, peaceful, feeling, you know, taking it each day at a time, each hour at a time, uh, and just kind of feeling lively. Feeling uh, People say young, young at heart. I th- feel like whenever I read his books, uh, <laughs> he was—it's like a senior citizen, but it's like a a twelve-year-old could have wrote it, not in a mm-hmm. offensive way, but I just mean in a very simple. This is just a happy person, you know. He's got the cheat codes, and to me, that's very inspirational. Who are some of your influences as an artist, and why?
0: Um, my biggest influence is probably Jillian Tamaki. She's a. Uh, Canadian artist as well, and uh, she does her work in Toronto um, and I first discovered her by reading her book skim and It's this kind of quirky story of this girl who's a uh, like a goth and uh, She just kind of goes through life trying to figure it out, but uh, Not only is her story so beautiful, but um, her drawings are just so amazing and um, the way she shades and makes lines are just uh, really special. So yeah, Jillian Tamaki. And uh, I'll also give a shout-out to Ricardo Cavolo also a Canadian artist who I admire.
1: Do you, it, would you wish that one of them, or perhaps someone else, would be your mentor?
0: I would be very happy if Jillian Tamaki would be my mentor.
1: That's cool, that's cool. I feel the same way about about Tich Nhat Hanh. I feel like, I've seen a lot of his his talks. Um, I would love to, visit, well, I think it's a bit late now, but <laughs> <laughs> he's 94 and he just had a stroke, unfortunately. He can't speak anymore. But, oh man. Yeah, but you know, in my dreams, maybe.
0: He's a Buddhist? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Very beautiful, uh, beautiful work. Makes you feel alive. Um, can you describe a bit your relationship with poetry? um how has it developed and changed throughout your life
1: well i didn't really start writing poetry i mean a little bit but until last year when you came to me with the idea for this project i don't know if you want to speak a bit on it with the original uh concept or the reason behind why we made this book
0: Hmm. um well i remember we were hanging out here uh grandpa's house and um we kind of got together after high school and every time we would hang out we would kind of like both want to do something creative and meaningful with our time um I really like to draw and you really like to write poems so um it's it seemed like nothing that I'd really seen before but um we kind of thought it might be cool to blend our uh, both of our professions, and um, yeah, before before this project, um, I wasn't much of a reader of poetry. So I feel really blessed to um, have become more open to the world of poetry. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing your your work with me.
1: Thanks for the opportunity. I feel like uh, as as I was saying, I didn't really write too much poetry before then, or even read any, but you know, we were meeting up like every week and I love that we were sharing our pieces back and forth. And it was inspiring to me to read more poetry and to write it more often. And I think, um, I don't know, it was fun. If anything, I think it's impossible for me to look back on any of the poems in the book and be 100% satisfied with it. But I'm glad that we had fun while we we're doing it because looking back, I remember that. And because of it was a fun experience, I don't regret any, you know, any, if any of the poems were a bit, off if I could, they could have been had a more thought a bit more thought put into them it's all right with me because it was a fun time
0: Mhm. I think uh, a lot of art is like that where you look back and wish you could change something but of course you always can but I mean once it's published it's a little bit harder and mm-hmm. I think you just have to like accept where the work is um, mm-hmm.
1: I think if I if we didn't decide for a time for it to be finished it would never get finished
0: for sure i, I completely agree
1: i think it would was it september to december or something like that yeah. that we wrote we did everything
0: yeah i think we started exactly one year ago to uh to today almost so it's kind of a little special anniversary today
1: almost yeah i can't remember exactly when but if you say so i believe you okay <laughs> okay another question uh do you, how, okay, yeah, what, describe your relationship with drawing, how has it changed and developed throughout your life?
0: Um, yeah, I guess I kind of touched on this at the beginning, but, um, as a kid, I would draw kind of, like, as a necessity, um, I would just, like, was kind of, like, a nervous kid, and, um, I felt like drawing would always calm me down, and, uh, To this day I still feel like drawing kind of has the ability to make me feel really present and uh, um, yeah but more than that it's kind of grown to record my life and uh, I keep these sketchbooks and I like make notes in them and lists and and drawings and it kind of like helps me uh, keep track of my day to day and life can get so crazy but if i can draw like a couple times a week um then i feel successful
1: i want to say something quickly about one of the previous questions mm-hmm. i don't want to i said that tich may never be the mentor because he's because of his age but i feel like he he'll always be a mentor because of all the work he's done and i can always pick up his books anywhere in the world or, or watch his talks online so I, sure. I consider him a mentor
0: he's a special guy
1: yeah anyways Okay, Abigail, I have a question for you. They say that to see the world with complete honesty, one should look to comedians, artists, and poets. What do you think emerges naturally from your work?
0: I was just looking back on my work a bit so I could uh, formulate a better response. And I think that there's a sort of softness that emerges from my work. not a lot of too harsh of lines, kind of a, a bit of a layering of blacks, but also a lot of white space. And I usually just draw stuff from my day to day. So the topics aren't too serious, um, pretty mundane, but I think there's a, yeah, there's a softness. There's a, a lightness that emerges. What would you say emerges naturally from your work?
1: I think that uh, output is a result of input and I think that I'm very fortunate to know some very beautiful people, some friends and family, and to live in a really beautiful city. I guess my geography, my friends and family, and um, I think that's it actually, I think just having good friends and family. Um, really inspires me, and I think that you know whoever I'm so fortunate to know, they uh, they inspire me. I think that comes out in my work. I don't know. Is that a good is that a good response?
0: Yeah, I think that's honest. That's nice.
1: Okay, I, I have a hard time I have a hard time perceiving uh, myself, especially in something I've written. So, but I like to think that it's. Anything that, uh, my, my lifestyle, how my lifestyle is shaped based on people I know. Do you want to read a poem? Oh, yeah. Should we take a break and read some more poems, Abby? How do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, I think let's, let's give the listeners some <laughs> some good good poetry.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm going to be reading a newer poem of mine. It's called When I Was 21. When I was twenty-one, I lived on a farm in the east, a sprinkler system, my alarm clock. We and us had been reduced to I, and I combed for truth among the green and brown aisles, the spinning clouds, the snow drifting and landing in my hair. At night, ribbons of pitched fire rose into the black rain. I've been wondering if the road ahead leads just where you choose it to, and what in this world you could call perfect. I've been raised in a home of women with ears to listen, and my young head was still ablaze. Pierre, the strawberry farmer, said, trust your wounds to one who knows what they're doing. Your foe would kill you more than once if they could, and they will. I said, tell me how you know for certain you're not also lost to the clutch of circumstance. He put his thumb between his eyes and barked. Remind me again, he said. Is it or is it not the blank space between walls which we call home? The hands must toil, the face must sweat. But after a hard digging, the harvest surely comes. And with that, he waddled on down the road into the rising moon and closed the door after him. It was as if he'd drawn my face and labeled it a self-portrait.
0: I'm gonna read a poem called Time Permanence. This one is from our debut, Endless Nights. Grey ripples on the dark sea, now dissolving into diamonds, as the sun sets and thaws my heart and comforts my bones, like a blanket made of, oh my god. Steam rises from this coffee, and my friends are here, but my mind still wanders. Dark days ahead, perhaps, but right now I feel good, I say, and right now that's all that matters.
1: All right, Abby, I have another question for you.
0: All right, let's hear it.
1: What are your three favorite words?
0: That's a tough one. Um, off the top of my head, um, I do love the word growth. It symbolizes a lot. Um, I like the word connection and the word connection Mm -hmm. i think it's um i think it's so important in life um to feel connected to others and the the term itself is like visual of uh like a physical connection and a spiritual one um so i think it's kind of cool sort of abstract i do like the word abstract as well it's uh I don't know, it's sort of confusing, so I think I'm still trying to like grapple with it, but I think it leaves room for it to be open as well. All poets have several words that come up over and over again. Words or sentences that they just can't help but use in their work. What are three of your absolute favorite words?
1: Good question, Abby, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Three favorite words? I like the word convention. Okay.
0: How uh,
1: Because I think that it's implied in the word convention well it has a negative connotation. I think that every time I hear that something's a convention
0: or like conventional.
1: Yeah. It, it it's like saying that's just the way it is uh which is nothing should ever just that shouldn't be an answer for anything, I think. So when when you hear that something is conventional, it's like safe, accessible, you know, that's just the convention. That's just the way we do things. I don't like that. So I like the word in that it, in the single word, you can kind of, uh, you you can see that there's a problem here.
0: Does it come up a lot in your work, the word convention?
1: I don't think so. Maybe (laughs) I'd have to reread them. (laughs) I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a couple conventions sprinkled in there. <laughs> Do
0: you have another word that's often peppered in throughout your writings? I feel like the word God comes up sometimes, but I don't want to put words in your mouth.
1: Yeah, I'll speak for myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, I believe it. That makes sense. I think uh, I think God. The word God, uh, Allah, Buddha. Uh, I mean, that's a big topic, but I think that I kind of use them interchangeably, personally. Not to say that they all are interchangeable, but maybe it's conventional to just stick with the word God instead of any other one. But I think I switch it up a little bit. I think it, it by my own definitions, it's a real, uh, it, could, it could have a lot of definitions. There's a conventional definition of the word God, or there's... Uh, You could use it as a placer for unknown or the order of things. Yeah, maybe that's a good word. (laughs) I don't know the etymology of it. I wish I did.
0: Lust and final word. No pressure.
1: Maybe belief. Uh, Not necessarily religious belief. But... um, I think beliefs are very important beliefs you have about your core beliefs you could say Um, The secular beliefs i think that they can be harmful or positive you could have very positive beliefs about yourself which actually lead you towards those beliefs coming true if you if you believe that you're gonna uh, get to where you want to be going then you might actually get there or if you believe that uh, nobody likes you at all, and you, you don't have any redeeming qualities. Then that's probably not a great thing to believe about yourself. It might, uh, it might actually reinforce itself. Mm-hmm. So I think that, yeah, I don't know. I, I like that word too. I like a word that I wish I had. I wish I was more prepared. But I think a lot of words need unpacking. They allude to uh, just a history or or uh, a philosophy or a community or something uh, systemic so i think uh, i wish i had some better words but those are just the first three that came to my head
0: mm-hmm. those are good words i like belief as well thank you so much alden what do you see as the role of a poet in modern day society
1: Mm, not postmodern, just modern. Not postmodern, <laughs> just regular modern. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's interesting to me because a long time ago, th- literature, art, stories—it was a spoken word event, a public gathering. <clears throat> but then the book was invented, which <laughs> made poetry a solitary activity. But it seems to me like people still want to hear poems read out loud. For instance, right now on a podcast or poet laureates, um, speaking in in public gatherings, people still want to hear poets speak out loud. I personally, I mean, you know, whatever, but I, I like reading. I prefer reading because you, you read it in your own, in your own voice. And that's why I like prose poems too, be, no line breaks, because you can decide where the emphasis is as well. I don't know, I feel like, I think I mentioned it earlier, I feel like poetry is, without definition, it's a written word, or it could be spoken, or sang, sung. Um, but I think it's it helps, it, it could be like scripture, maybe not with the same weight, more subjective importance. But i think that it's comforting especially when you're reading something by yourself and uh you, you're you're confirmed or or some some belief is negated because of what you you read that someone else is feeling i i don't know i don't have the answer the full answer to that question but that's that's what i feel at the moment mm-hmm. what do you think the role of artists visual artists uh, or illustrators jars have In society today
0: um well i think a lot of the time now one of the main roles is in um marketing and advertisements which is you know it's kind of inevitable um but then i think a lot of the times too um art that isn't sold or commodified can also um Bring people back to themselves a bit, and um, yeah, I think that's really cool when um, when viewers and when viewers can kind of like get an experience from an artist's work that's not just about um, selling a product, which it often is. But um, I think it can definitely be both, and. Um, yeah, I think uh, artists help make the world more beautiful as well.
1: That's a nice sentiment.
0: Thanks. <laughs> Should we read some poems? We could. Or we could. would you like you another want, question?
1: You want to just get through these and then we can read some more? Or you want to?
0: Sure. Yeah, actually, yeah. I do have a question for you.
1: <laughs> oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> uh,
0: what do you hope readers get? from encountering your poems? In other words, what are you trying to communicate with your art?
1: It's a good question, Abby. It's pretty loaded. What do I hope people get from it? Mm, Get? (laughs) Uh, I don't know, I I like to, I hope that the work is playful. I don't, I think, um, I don't like the feeling of reading something where it's someone poured over every single you know, comma and word and and made it like an exercise of discipline or like some grandiose, you know, they got some complex where they think that they got to write the most perfect thing that's ever been written, that it's all a competition, that every year you got to write a better poem or, or, you know, you got to, there's so much, I don't know, I I like, I, I hope that it's playful, that the work is playful and it's just a little thing that you can read and whatever, you know, we might laugh or, or just pause for a second or, or neither. (laughs) I don't know. I I think uh, my favorite type of poems are just the ones where I can kind of, you know, it's, it's not so confined. It's just, it is what it is. I like that feeling of uh, something being done quickly, not without thought, but just done in maybe an hour or something. And it is what it is. Mm Mm-hmm. So I hope that I emulate that as well.
0: Kind of loose and uh yeah.
1: Just fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean it's fun for me anyways. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's important.
1: I hope that's felt that that people can see that um that I'm just having fun and also that it's in it's enjoyed on the other side of being read.
0: Mhm.
1: What do you hope that people get from your drawings?
0: yeah, I hope I can make people smile. Um, I think, I guess it depends on the drawing. Um, a lot of my more personal work, I guess, um, I, I think maybe people can turn inwards a bit more and, um, maybe, yeah, have a bit of, like, insight or sort of self-reflection, perhaps, um, connecting to their own lives and, uh, Maybe something that I drew that makes them think of a memory, um, maybe a bit of like nostalgia. um, But then, yeah, on like more public pieces, um, murals that I've done, I just try to make them as uh, bright and uh, happy as possible because that's important, I think. That's sweet. To read
1: some poems you want to read some poems okay you could read some poems yeah
0: let's read some
1: poems <clears throat> you want to go first
0: yeah <laughs> i'll read to you guys our poem endless to. <laughs> i'm gonna read the poem called endless nights another one of those endless nights when time moves slow but what I'm doing now, I could gladly do forever. As the rain bleeds down and I drink my European coffee, the blessings suddenly become countless. I look up for my studies and, it's as if some shutter's been snapped. Would you like
1: to read a poem? I'd love to read a poem, Abby, thank you. (laughs) I'm gonna read a poem called Her. From the roof of my apartment, I can see most of the city. The sun falling over the Pacific, and nearby buildings half asleep at this hour, like sun-bleached chessboards. And the cityscape on the horizon without my glasses, like flakes of seasoning salt. Two million souls ending their day, and one of them is her, doing something, thinking about something, making the world better, simply by being.
0: (laughs) I like that poem.
1: So, Abby... Do you think you were meant to be a drawer or artist, however you identify?
0: Mm. I don't know if I really believe in the term meant to be, because if everything's meant to be, then it gets a bit redundant. But um, let's say I do, then uh, <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I am a, a drawer. Um, and... It's always sort of been something in my life that I've enjoyed doing, and yeah, I think that people are meant to be doing what they enjoy doing, so I feel lucky to be able to do what I like to do, and I, I hope other people also find that. Do you think that you were meant to be a poet?
1: Uh, I don't know. I feel like I don't feel like a poet yet anyways. It's kind of a flattering term. But uh, anyways, I uh, I don't think I was meant to be. I don't think anyone's meant to be or not to be anything. I think that you make those decisions. But that's just my opinion.
0: I think we're both philosophers.
1: <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think whatever I think is not necessarily the answer. I think that it's a good thing to think, to contemplate both, whether you are meant to be something or not meant to be something, but I, I like to think that that's a tricky one. I think that sometimes you get an idea, you get a dream, so to speak, and a, a, something that you want to see for yourself or that you want to do with your life, and it's up to you to make that come true, but at the same time, you didn't decide to have that dream, and I don't know where the dreams come from. That's my answer.
0: Beautiful. So, what is next for you creatively?
1: Is is it for me or for both of us?
0: Yeah, you can ask me after okay. or together?
1: We could do all we could say <laughs> what's what's next for us? I don't know. Yeah, well you want to do us both of us and then individually?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, so what's what's next for us creatively? Are we gonna do another poetry book? Maybe dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of craving Annie's, actually. Do you have some of that?
1: We could we could have dinner. That could be a creative activity, making dinner, or walking to get dinner.
0: I'm trying to save money, but I'd like to, I'd like <laughs> to go for a walk for sure.
1: That could be a very creative thing.
0: Well, I mean, it could be cool to make another poetry book. I think. Um, it would be easy to copy the same style that we've done um, because it, I think it worked really well. But it could also be fun to kind of play around with a different format. Um, I remember this one time earlier in the summer we were chilling, and I thought that maybe all the poems could be written in pen. And I don't think you like that idea very much. I, but um,
1: I just don't. I don't think anyone would be able to read my handwriting. I could write it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that might be a play.
0: So who knows? We'll see. I think uh do you wanna talk a bit more about your personal projects or
1: Sure. I think I uh what's what's next for me? Uh, hopefully hopefully something. <laughs> 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 I think uh I like I like uh, I've been getting more into poetry than I have been even at the time of writing this book. I think that was kind of I didn't expect to be so engaged in it. That was really fun, so I'm still enjoying myself.
0: You're going to be moving to Victoria. Yeah. Maybe write some different island poetry.
1: Yeah, or none at all. Mm-hmm. Who knows? What about you? Do you have any other creative aspirations coming up?
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, I've been sort of into... Uh, children's books and uh, I think I'd like to kind of delve into that a little bit more kind of making some more uh, fun drawings um, yeah I think like drawing in my sketchbooks always gonna be uh, a part so I I think I need to figure out how to um, make that more accessible to sharing it with more people and um yeah maybe a few more murals uh, I have one planned this fall so that should be kind of fun and uh, yeah just trying to make as much art as possible
1: beautiful you do it?
0: so to wrap up our lovely little session here um we're gonna read you two more poems from our book endless nights I'm going to read to you when my time comes, I have a favor to ask. Please put on your favorite song and drive around with the windows down and make sure the drums are crisp and the bass line enormous and nod your head to the lyrics with no image of the speaker in mind. Please stand at your sink in the morning and fill up a glass from the tap and sip with one hand on your side and your eyes out the window at whatever there is to appreciate, and sigh confidently. Please stroll on the sunny side of the street and be like a walking observatory. Wiggle your toes before crossing the street. Really listen to all the voices around you. Smile at a stranger and breathe. Do those things that I loved one more time just for me. And whenever I end up, wherever I end up, if you're there too, The first one's on me
1: okay i'm gonna read a poem called daily mass i used to wonder but now i know that gods don't create themselves and we're all older than those to whom we pray so now wherever i roam wherever i feel earth between my toes and the sun on my face then i'm at church music bellows from my organ lungs my ribs are the vacant pews my eyes are made of stained glass, and when they're closed, it's like drinking red wine. My heart is my preacher, but my mind is the collection plate. Okay. Should we uh, say a little goodbye or what?
0: Yeah, so thank you so much for having us on your show. It was pretty fun. And. Um,
1: yeah. Thank you, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Hopefully, we answered your questions um, decently.
1: Yeah. I hope it was a. Uh, not so painful experience listening (laughs) to this podcast whoever made it all the way through
0: yes i hope so too and um yeah i look forward to hearing this podcast and others as well
1: yeah love you bye